the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Family Oneness, an exciting broadcast focused on God's families. Here, we will be discussing insightful, powerful, life-changing applications from the Word of God. I am your host, Bree Jackson, a pastor at Solid Rock Cathedral Faith Church, where the senior pastor is Bishop R.A. Jackson, located at 611 Amador Street in Vallejo, California. Thank you so much for joining us today. Bless you and welcome again to Family Oneness, focused on the family. A Bible-centered time of encouragement, sharing a word for fathers, mothers, sons, daughters, grand and godparents, all that make up our family unit. It's a word of strength and encouragement. The family we know is God's central power unit for changing lives and strengthening faith. I'm your host, Pastor Bree Jackson. I'm a pastor at Solid Rock Cathedral Faith Church, where the senior pastor is Bishop Ari Jackson. I'm excited to be here with you again. Our message today is the generosity of God. Our key scripture is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. I want to acknowledge our co-host and my pastor, Bishop R.A. Jackson. Good morning, everyone. He will join us at the close of our broadcast to say a prayer for our families. Open your Bibles and please turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting at verse 1. First, touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them at Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Verse 3, Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that, as I said, ye may be ready. Verse 4, Lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me, and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not of covetousness. Verse 6, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he that which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Shout, Amen. Fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters, it's Pentecost Sunday, and we're talking about the generosity of God. This is the seasoned family of God that we know that our Lord and Savior was captured and crucified. He was captured because of one of his disciples that betrayed him. We're talking about Pentecost. We're talking about the Holy Spirit falling down on the men of God. We're talking about the birth of the church. But the Bible says this. It says, but there was one, because there was only 11 left, there's one that was chosen whose name is Matthias. And by definition, Matthias means the gift 
of the Lord. We're talking about the generosity of God today. Families of God, I pray you see it. I pray you can hear it. That is the generosity of God. The generosity of God. More accurately, it is God completes what he started. God completes what he started to fulfill upon his promises, to complete the assignment in you, to ensure that we have strength for the journey, to make sure that there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. That is the generosity of God. Family witness, when we talk about generosity, there's no one ever existed, exists, or will exist that can compete with the generosity of God. God is the giver, creator, keeper, and maintainer. He is the judge and the savior. He's the author of redemption and salvation. There is no comparison to the generosity of God. Generosity being a man-made word is a combination of languages. It's Latin and old French based on historical challenges and accomplishments. Somebody its roots consider the capacity of one to give over and beyond the expectation to another. Generosity also has a mathematical assumption in the Latin, and it is that the person who is generous is of noble and magnanimous stock. They were people who had an abundance, and when they considered their wealth compared to others, they provided beyond the receiver's comprehension. Somebody today knows where I'm going. Our God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. That's found in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. In other words, generosity was defined by people who were givers. And these givers were noblemen. They were kings and leaders. In order to meet the definition of being generous, who had an abundance. And when they considered their wealth compared to what other people had, they were able to give beyond the receiver's comprehension. Commonly, families of God, it was it was a lifestyle. They gave them a job, housing, education for their children, and some trade and land to feed their family. I'm talking to somebody. So let's review this closely. Generosity in the late 16th century via old French from Latin of noble men that had a magnanimous presence because of stock or because of race. The original sense was of noble birth. It was of characteristics of being noble. Sounds like my savior showing kindness toward others sounds like my savior, then that mathematical equation looks like this. It is the unconceived abundance or the one X infinity part over one, which equals infinity. What does that mean? Whatever you believe God for and adopt his ways, he will give it to you. You shall have what you sayeth. According to Isaiah 55 and 8, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Somebody say, we need the generosity of God. Families of God, let's come up a little higher and get into our first point. Our first point is this day. This day, today. Our scripture reference is found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse number 16. And it reads, In that I command thee this day, to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whether thou goest to possess it. 
today or tomorrow. We will go to do this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Instead, you ought to say, if it is of the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. According to James chapter four, verse 13 and verse 15 in the NIV family of God, we must recognize that today is confirmation of the generosity of God. The importance that God provided the ability for us to see another day is the abundance of God. No one has the ability to give us life again once it's gone. Technically, we might say that there's a medical intervention while they may prolong our life. But once the breath of life is gone, family of God, it is no longer up to medical equipment or treatment. We have today. Today is the generosity of God. As families, let us appreciate today and teach our children to appreciate today. My grandmother and my great-grandmother in Florida belong to a band turnout. Now, that's for another day. I'll, I'll explain that to you. But they would host church programs, and they would march into the church. And at the end, when they marched out of the church, they would sing, This may be my last time. It may be the last time. I don't know. It may be the last time we all sing together. And we would say, maybe the last time, I don't know. And they would go on and say, this may be the last time we all praise together. And we'd say, it may be the last time, I don't know. But I also remember, family of God, that no matter what we went through, the joy they had and somehow food always made it to the table and provisions were provided and miracles happened. Fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters, all we have is today. In Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse number 7, in the King James Version, it says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Family of God, there's a sense of divine legal dominion when we honor today. When Christ taught his disciples to pray, he said, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Family of God, that old enemy knows that when we clean up what we messed up today, when fathers talk to their sons today, when mothers to their daughters today, when husbands to their wives today, when wives to their husbands today, when fiancés choose the date of their wedding today, when we work the work of God today, when we confess our faults and turn to God Today, the enemy cannot cancel or petition on a technicality that our time has expired. Somebody needs to go to God today. Shout amen. Family of God, let's go a little deeper. There is an in the beginning prophetic promise that is time sensitive. In other words, when we begin to speak the let there be and like in the book of Genesis, it happens today. When we need to expect it today, the enemy hates today. So he torments God's people with tomorrow. 
He says things like, we will do it tomorrow. We will fix it tomorrow. You'll go and do this or that tomorrow. It's better if we go tomorrow. I'll quit tomorrow. I'll apologize tomorrow. I will apply for the job tomorrow. But the power of the prophetic is in today. And for those who think that God is not listening, I want to encourage you. I implore you to please start today. Pray today. Seek him today. Persist and pursue the word of God today. Exhaust today. And know that the, and it is so, and it is so blessing. In other words, God said he would bless you, and it is so. God said you be the head and not the tail, and it is so. God said you be above only and never beneath, it is so. God said you would have wells that you diggest not, it is so. God said you'd walk and not be weary, it is so. You will run and not faint. It is so. Remember, you have the, and it is so blessing. Today, as families of God, we are warriors. We are ambassadors of heaven on earth. So we must effectively and fervently pray and persist in the word of God. I will work at it. I will speak to it. I will pray over it and do it all again until the and it is so has appeared in my life until it shows up today. Shout glory be to God. Family of God, what am I trying to say? Today matters. Romans 13 and 11 says this. And that knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantingness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Paul tells us to wake up, to initiate. He tells us the night is almost gone. Now's the time to get up and act. Saints of God, today matters. He tells us to vacate, to lay aside. He tells us to lay aside the undisciplined patterns of the flesh. He even cites examples. Saints of God, today matters. He tells us to get ready, put on Christ. He tells us that Christ is on the inside of you and we adorn ourselves with him. Family of God, today matters. Throughout the word of God, we know that today matters. It mattered to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul compared life to a race. He threw off any weight that would entangle him or slow him down. He made the most of his pursuit of the prize. We all know that runners don't wonder. They head straight for the finish line. He reminds us of this in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 14. Our reference verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Family of God, our second point is in our own way, falling down and not crossing the finish line. Families of God, our old nature is constantly competing for dominion. We must remember that we have been made brand new. We no longer need to be in bondage to our old nature because it will only get in our way. We're trying to run a race while fighting with ourselves. We know that God will make a way out of no way. And families of God, we also have to be concerned about our progress. And if we're not happy with those statistics of our victories, we need to check ourselves 
because something should just be working by now. Something should just be better by now. Something should be easier by now. Something should be more helpful by now. We have to check the roster. Maybe there's two on the track. Your old self fighting against your new self. Falling down and not crossing the finish line. Pastor Bree, what do you mean? The only way having Jesus does not change us for the better is if we refuse to let go of the old man, our old behavior, our old thinking, and be made new. Somebody today shout, I want to be changed. Families of God, it is exhausting to run the race of this life while fighting with ourselves. We need to let it go and say, so what? So what would they think? So what would they did? So what? what they did before today we've been changed and the best part is that we're never going back the greater part of god is living on the inside of you remember families of god those who hang on to those sad sad stories and negative comments of who we used to be is because they are too afraid to come up and meet who we are becoming somebody shout amen families of god ephesians chapter 4 starting at verse number 22 and the good news translation says this so get rid of your old self which made you live as you used to the old self that is being destroyed by its deceitful desires your hearts and minds must be made completely new and you must put on the new self which is created in god's likeness and reveals itself in the true life that is upright and holy no more lying then each of you must tell the truth to the other believer because we are all members together in the body of Christ. Shout amen. Taking a break from our broadcast. If you're just now joining us en route to worship or maybe you're at home today, we're talking about the generosity of God. Our key scripture is found in Second Corinthians chapter 9 verses 1 through 8. Continue with point number 2. We want to get out of our own way. Let us consider Isaiah chapter 45 verses 2 through 7. I will go before you and level the exalted places. I will break in pieces the doors of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and of the hordes of secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name for the sake of my own servant Jacob. And Israel, my chosen, I call you by your name. I name you, though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. That is Isaiah chapter 45, verses 2 through 7 in the English Standard Version. Families of God, we must remember, Jesus says this in the book of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verse number 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Family of God, we're still talking about the generosity of God. We know that there's no one who's ever existed, exists, or will exist that can compete with the generosity of God. God is the giver, creator, keeper, and maintainer. He is the judge and the savior. He's the author of redemption and salvation. There is no comparison to the generosity of God. 
We've talked about generosity being a man-made word, a combination of languages of the Latin and the Old French. We talked about generosity, not just speaking from the capacity, but it's the capacity of one to give over and beyond the expectation to another. Generosity also has a mathematical assumption. It is the unconceived abundance. The equation is 1x infinity part over one, which equals infinity. That is, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Infinity, infinity, infinity. Somebody shout, that's what God has for me. It is the one X infinity part over one, which equals the infinity. Sings of God, the generosity of definition is also inclusive of a lifestyle. It's not only did a person receive over their expectation, but the giver was of noble descent, kings and leaders. And that gift often included a lifestyle. And by lifestyle, it was it was not just a job, but it was housing. It wasn't just housing. It was the education for their children. It also included land. So the giver would give them not just a gift, but the ability to live. Do we see Jesus in that? Jesus didn't just come to give us a gift, but the ability to live. Somebody shout amen. Families of God, as we begin to study the scripture and to read God's word, we can see that God is a generous God, the generosity of God, the goodness of our nobleman, the one who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and how he didn't just come to give us a gift, but he was generous. He gave us a life, and that life is the ability to live and to move and have our being. In that life, he's given us the ability to make provisions for our children and to create a home for ourselves and our family. Our God is a good God. He's generous to a thousand generations. We can appreciate today, somebody shout amen, and we can get out of our own way and stop falling down, but instead walk and not faint and run and not be weary. We can appreciate today. Today matters. Today mattered to Solomon. Today mattered to Mary. Today mattered to Paul. Today mattered to David. Today matter to Ruth. Somebody, it's all about today. Today is the day of salvation. Families of God, the enemy knows that if you get up right now and do it today, he can't come tomorrow. He knows if you go and fix it today, he can't break it tomorrow. He knows if you put it in today, he can't come and steal it tomorrow. Today matters. Shout amen. Lastly, families of God, we're going to talk about God's way. Doing it. His way and not following our own mind. The book of James chapter one, verse eight says this way. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. Proverbs 14 and 12 says it this way. There is a way which seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Families of God, we tend to observe only God's actions. We're impressed by his external miracles. Commonly, we see healing and we see blessings. Sometimes we concentrate on earthly matters in which we want God to do for us. Bless me, Lord. Heal me, Lord. This is also because we're still in the beginning. Somebody say we're still in the beginning. We need to get to the end. It was so part. 
families of God, we need to understand not our way, but God's way. His way matters. Not what we do, but what God does. His ways matters. The generosity of God is appreciated in his actions and his deeds, in what he manifests and what he creates and what he promotes and what he initiates. In other words, God is saying, I want you to know me. Families, he wants us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We're talking about the generosity of God, the goodness and kindness. We know that God made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the sons of Israel, according to Psalms 103 and 7. This is the eternal life that we may know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. That's found in John chapter 17, verse 3. Families of God, if we pause and look at St. John chapter 3, it mentions eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ. There's the generosity of God, understanding the goodness and the unprecedented movement of God to be kind and generous to his people. And again, the Bible says eternal life is to know God and Jesus Christ. St. John chapter 17, verse 3. There's something that says this eternal life and knowing God goes together. This acknowledgement of his generosity and knowing Christ Jesus gives us eternal life. The eternal life is at work even now. Families of God, there's a manifest your kingdom realm. There's a causing your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as is fulfilled in heaven. According to St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, God's every purpose is to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. This is not a would-be thinking. It is a firm, steadfast promise of what we can and what we will attain Families of God, we need to say, yes, Father, may it be done through my life today and not my way, but your way and your will. God responds this way in first Kings chapter three, verse 14. And it reads, and if thou will walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Also in first Kings chapter eight, verse 58, it says this that he may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. Somebody shout, it's God's way. Fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters, we will never know stability and victory in our life without knowing God the Father, the Lord Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit intimately. When we know God's way, it follows as the night follows the day. When we know God's will, it follows as heat follows the sun. Families of God know God's work is what he does. Know God's ways is who he is. Praise the Lord, Bishop. While the Spirit of God is still moving, will you please come and say a prayer for us? Let us pray. Lord God, your families today are stirring up the gift that you have given us, making much room for much power, not our own might but your might, power, working in us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your amazing love has been poured out for us at the cross and poured into us by the Holy Spirit. We want to taste and experience more of the depth and breadth and length and height of your amazing love. Help us to walk by faith, 
Help us to endure in suffering. Help us to fully embrace your son, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. So pour out your love in our hearts in increasing measure by the power of your Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, our Lord. We bless your name now now to him uh, who is able to do exceedingly, uh, abundantly above all that we ask or think uh, according to the power that works in us. uh, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Someone say amen and amen. Thanks again for listening to Family Oneness, where we're sharing the word of God that encourages our hearts and connects us to the Lord. Bishop and I aspire to continually be a voice of one crying in the wilderness for our families. Because we know from Genesis to Revelations, it's all about a bloodline and that bloodline being the family of God. The Family Oneness Prayer Circle sends our best and love to you all. And now a word from one of our young leaders. Hi, I'm Deacon Elijah Torian. And during the time of the COVID-19, we are having virtual service at The Rock. Our virtual Sunday morning service is live at 1045 a.m. to 1145 a.m. on our Solid Rock Facebook page at Solid Rock Cathedral of Faith. Our drive-through offering is also Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to 1035 a.m. We are located at 611 Amador Street in the city of Vallejo, and our cross street is Florida. Our Wednesday night Bible study is also virtual at our Solid Rock Cathedral of Faith Facebook page at Solid Rock Cathedral of Faith. Services start at 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. More information can be found at srcof.org. Feel free to share your prayer requests with us online. Bishop, Pastor, and I look forward to seeing you there. We, we will, will see, see you at The at Rock. The Rock. I am your host, Bree Jackson, a pastor at Solid Rock Cathedral Faith Church, where the senior pastor is Bishop R.A. Jackson, located at 611 Amador Street in Vallejo, California. Thank you so much for joining us today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.